It's me, Dr. Z with JB. Today, John and I talk about the big B word, <gasps> boundaries. We help clear up some common misconceptions of what exactly a boundary is, what they look like, and how to set them. Also, I would like it to be known that I had a perfect episode. Not one technology fail. Go me. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <laughs> oh, it's not mirrored, so it's backwards, but it does say session seven, I Is promise. Is that an, an Etch-a-Sketch? It's an, yeah, heck yeah. So we can we can use this for, you wow. know, I, fi- I figure we drop all the, uh, you know, all the all the fun plays. I just, uh, I just want to make a note that I just said, Etch-a-Sketch? Etch-a-Sketch. Ooh, yeah, definitely not an Etch-a-Sketch. I, I, I didn't even blink, I didn't even think twice about it. Correct. I said absolutely. So, right, I don't uh, know what's worse. <laughs> uh, that we're old or that we don't know that this is just like a simple, simple magnet board. One of the, one of the two. Hello, everybody <laughs> that's watching live and hello, everybody that's listening to the podcast. Happy July 4th, where I, I like to call it um, happy summer or Thanksgiving summer, basically, because it's just, you know, you put away all the winter foods, you slap a bunch of stuff on the grill, no matter what it is. So winter foods. Well, yeah, for you, you put them away. What for, are winter foods? Well, you know, like you're not having turkey and you know, mashed potatoes and stuff for July oh. 4th. I'm just okay. saying it's just, okay. it's just basically it. another holiday in which you get to eat, it's, okay. which is fine by me and fine for fine for the others. Uh, and we're, tonight, Dr. Z, I think we have a pretty interesting discussion. I know there are a lot of you responding to the uh, narcissism series for sure. Um, and uh, we have noticed that for uh, as well. So we will continue to add those on because, yes, like, Dr. Z wasn't kidding. We could do a million narcissism episodes uh, based on that. I thought it would be a good idea to kind of pivot because so many people were asking, like, yes, uh, we, we get into this, these narcissism uh, relationships, however we get into them or whatever. But um, a, a lot of the time people are asking, well, how do we set a lot of boundaries as well? Uh, and it, that's not just with narcissistic relationships. That's just life in general, you know, and I think a lot of people with anxiety and depression and stuff like that have a hard time of understanding what a boundary actually is and come to find out uh, talking just before we went on the air here it's just i i didn't know i guess <laughs> how to set up a, a boundary properly so i think that's a great place to start here dr z is what exactly do you mean by setting a boundary and how do we do that yes so i think one of the biggest misconceptions that i see is people understanding exactly what a boundary is. Mm-hmm. So I'll work with people in sessions and, you know, we kind of map out all the dynamics and we set certain boundaries in place and they'll come in the following week and they'll say, you know, I tried setting a boundary and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, well, what do you mean it didn't work? And their response is because so-and-so still did X, Y, and Z. And uh-huh. That's where I think the misconception lies. Setting a boundary is not for the other person in any way, shape, or form. We have, and I'll talk about how you can change other people's behavior in a little bit, but kind of rule of thumb, we can't change anyone else's behavior. And I know that sounds cliche, and you know I hate my cliches, but you can't change anyone else's behavior. Literally and truly can't do that. So when you set a boundary, just because you're implementing a boundary still does not have any impact directly on the other person. It's solely for you. If the mm. other person happens to change gears, which we'll talk about, added bonus. But the, but the goal of a boundary is for you to set it 
to let the other person know what you're willing to take and not take. Whether they still give it to you, that's out of your control. But you're giving them information on how to treat you. They can follow it or not follow it. But if they don't follow it, that doesn't mean that your boundary didn't work. Because then my next question to them is always going to be, did you walk away from this situation feeling more in control? Did you mm. walk away from the situation feeling more grounded, less of a roller coaster of emotions, less anxious, less angry, whatever it is? Did you walk away feeling more centered, feeling more neutral? So the goal of a boundary is for you to walk away from the situation or get off the phone or read the email, whatever it is, but to yeah. walk away from the situation feeling neutral. Man, that's, that, that's, a, that's a tough place to get to. Yeah. Very, <laughs> I'm just oh sitting my, here very, like, very. neutral. Yes. How do you get to neutral? Yes. And, and that's, and yes. I guess why, why not one way or the, I mean, I, obviously we know the negative side of it, but like why not one way or the other when setting a boundary? Why is it important to remain neutral? So because if, let's say you feet walk away, and I'm not saying like you're proud of yourself, like that, that's different, sure. but if you walk away, and you are angry or you walk away and you're confused or you walk away and you're even just happy because you like stuck it to them. That's still perpetuating the dynamic. The only mm -hmm. way a dynamic switches is when one person becomes neutral. Because what happens then is that you're not giving anything for them to hang their hat on. And they don't even have to be manipulative. You're just, you're changing it up to the point where you're not giving them anything. And when you don't give somebody any type of emotion back and it's not ignoring because that's an emo that's that's a response but if right. you just give back neutrality what ends up happening is you're basically holding a mirror up to them <laughs> they have nowhere to go mm. um and you're also letting them know that more importantly why a neutral response is good is because you want them to know that they cannot affect your emotional state mm -hmm. and so that's if if yeah. you're happy, they still affected your emotional state. So you really want to remain neutral. Not that feeling happy is a bad thing, but it's just, it's a fleeting mood state. So you really want to kind of bring yourself back to neutral with that. And so what is, uh, and, and if, I mean, I know for a lot of people trying to remain in that space is incredibly hard. So yeah, mm -hmm. I know, I know exactly what you're, uh, you know, asking people to, to do when, when trying to set out and do this. And that's, I, I, how do you, how do you get to those baby steps of, of trying yeah. to remove yourself from that? And I guess, are there some examples of, you know, of, of this that are maybe common, some, something that's uh, in, in our walk of life that we mm -hmm. like recognize that response or recognize a boundary when we set these things, what should it sound like mm -hmm. when we're, when we're trying to get that person, uh, or excuse me, see, that's what I'm doing wrong. Mm -hmm. How do we, how do we get it to uh, neutral in the, in that case? So there, there's two things. One, the feeling, you personally feeling neutral takes a really long time. Yeah. And it's not going to be permanent. It's going to fluctuate all over the place. But your goal is to be neutral emotionally. When you're interacting, you want to make sure that your behavioral responses are neutral. Mm -hmm. So the other person, remember, if we can't see it with a, if we're not, if we can't video it with our iPhone, it's not real. So I can't video neutral feelings, but I can video neutral behaviors. So a neutral behavior 
that's what you want to aim for when you're setting the boundaries. The neutral emotions, that's what you work on kind of over time in therapy. You have to do this numerous times over and over again. Um, get it, have the boundary get reinforced over and over again. Do whatever you mm -hmm. need to do. That's like a long-term goal. But in the moments, you could be seething inside, and you probably will be. You could be crying inside, but your behavior has to be neutral. So an example would be um, I had this happen. I don't know, it was a while ago, but um, somebody in my office at the time when I was working in another office with our psychologist, um, I forget what I had done. I had like taken a chair or I, I took like something that was outside in the yeah. area and I just took it because I needed it and no one else was there. And I thought everyone had gone for the night and I was seeing patients at night. And the next day I get a knock on my door and this psychologist was such an a-hole <laughs> and basically said you know you can't take the chip you can't do this and i, I said right. well no, nobody was here i just know you were there and you were in there with a patient how did you know i was in there with a patient i'm like because i put my ear up and heard you talking well that's a hip of i mean it just went like oh my uh, gosh right yeah and i Over just remember yeah and i i really could have gone where I wanted yeah, to go, but, it. Yeah. but I had to maintain my professionalism and my behaviors had to be neutral. So I remember I was, I was sitting at my laptop and I was typing when this happened. And he, as soon as he said the HIPAA violation, the, I, I just went, okay. And I just kept on typing and he kept going, <laughs> oh, he kept man. going. And I just look over and say, okay. And I kept on typing yep. and he kept going. Now, did my neutral response to him get him to stop? Not, not really. He just then, when he realized he wasn't getting anything, then he stopped. Yeah. But it took him a little while. Um, so I, oh, I know what it was. I don't want to say what it was because God forbid <laughs> I was like, but I went the next day and I ordered what I had taken on Amazon for myself. Okay. Had it yeah. same day delivery, got it, put my name on it, put it in the office and that behavior in and of itself. It doesn't have to be something you say. It can just be a behavior. But the behavior of me buying it for myself and putting it in the office is a very neutral response. Yeah. You didn't want me to use it? Okay, I will get my own. You know, I didn't, I didn't do anything above and beyond and because you're setting him up in a situation where what's he going to do, yell at you for getting the thing that he told you he took? No. So mm -hmm. that's a neutral response. Um, it, well, and, and just to, just to uh, reiterate yes. what you're saying, okay, is one of the best words because yes. it is such on a spectrum where yes. people are getting it either on a positive or a negative. Yes, and, but uh, not like an okay, like a okay, whatever. Like no, not no, that kind just, of okay. Just okay. A, okay. Yeah, like straight, straightforward. Straightforward. And, and people mm -hmm. think they're losing. They'll yeah. always be like, well, I feel like I'm losing. I feel like I'm giving – Trust me, you're not. You're not because I know that he went home like livid when I wasn't checks. affected. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because you're not going to think about it going home, and that's well, all that person's going to think about well, that's the thing. more than likely. I, yeah. I may have been thinking about it. That's the thing. It's not so much yet about what you're thinking and feeling. You could, yeah. I could have been ruminating about that for a week, right? I could have been so angry about it for a month. Who knows? but my behavior has to be neutral. So uh, this is a situation where your behavior and your moods and your, your thoughts are going to be separate for a while. And that's that, normal. 
and what is then the goal, I guess, from there? Because obviously you don't want to keep doing that over and over and over again. Is that when you're kind of getting into that manipulation phase that you were kind of um, referencing there? So, so again, I don't focus as much. I, I, there's different schools of thought on this. I uh -huh. don't practice in a way that you need to change your thinking about a situation in order to change your behavior. I think you change your behavior first, get a new experience, and as a result of that experience, your thoughts and your feelings shift. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of different ways on that, and sometimes I don't even look at thoughts and emotions. It's just basically, did you do it, yes or no? <laughs> That's right, it. Right, right, yeah. Um, so as far as your feelings catching up with you, eventually they will because you repeatedly set these boundaries. Um, right. But as far as the manipulation aspect, so, so I'll explain to people what that is. So we can't change people. We know that. Mm -hmm. But we can only change how we choose to respond. And I can, so listen to say, every, everyone you know in your dynamic is in a dance, right? Mm -hmm. um, you and I have a certain rapport. Like when I go left, you go right, you go up, I go down. You know, mm -hmm. I have it with my kids. Everyone has a dynamic with everyone in their life. Yeah. If, it's the waltz for me, just so everyone knows. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. So let's say that, uh, this is the example I always give. Let's say that you have a couple and they are not married. They're living together. Mm -hmm. And every Friday night, the guy goes out with his friends and comes home late clockwork every Friday night, completely trashed. Mm -hmm. Comes in and the girlfriend gets extremely upset and annoyed and agitated. This happens every week. Like clockwork. Mm -hmm. And he comes in, she gives him the silent treatment. He starts yelling. She starts yelling. She gets up, goes to the room, slams the door. He calls an Uber and leaves and goes sleeps at his friend's house. And this yeah. is like the routine. And so let's say this person comes into my office and is complaining about the situation and he's not going to change and he's not going to do this, that he, this, he, this, he, this. Yeah. So I always say, okay, well, let's try to respond like this instead. And they'll get very angry. Well, why am I the one that has to change if they're the one that's doing the harmful behaviors? And so this is why. <laughs> <laughs> what would happen if he came home and all this had happened? And instead of getting up off the couch, going upstairs and slamming the door, don't worry about not feeling angry. Don't worry about any of that. But mm -hmm. what if you just shifted your behavior slightly and instead you stayed on the couch? What mm. would happen? And they kind of, you know, I get this look of, I, I don't know. And here's why that's such a powerful thing to do. It's the smallest behavior, but what happens when Red Flag Ricky and whoever we want to say her name is, <laughs> Red, Red, Red Flag green, Ricky. Green, green, green Flag Frida, there we green, go. Green flag Frida. Yeah. So green flag Frida decides <laughs> to sit on the couch and doesn't go upstairs and slam the door. And red flag Ricky is ready for an argument. <laughs> but she doesn't present that opportunity. So yeah. red flag Ricky is completely thrown off guard and has to, if he wants to engage, do something different. He may still yeah. try to provoke an argument to get that person to do the same thing they've always done. And I'll talk about that later, but he has to respond differently. So in that respect, yes, you can change somebody's behavior, but not in the way that you think. If yes. that makes sense. Yeah. Not, not in a, not a, you're not trying to, in a conniving way, Correct. you're just trying to get like, 
to the next point of the conversation, yes. more or less, essentially, because yes. like maybe that's with that particular partner. Maybe it's you, you know, but more than likely you, you're shifting in, uh, the response. So you're going to shift an answer, which is going to, you know, you're, you're going to have to find another way in. And that's kind of the, the point of it. And trust me, we will notice things like that as <laughs> over and over. Like, yeah, I can't find the keys if they're right in front of me, but I will notice if somebody is slamming a door over and over again on a Friday right. night and moving and like, well, I'm not, I'm not even going to do that now. Cause most of the time, um, immediately when you say that, like, Oh man, that person doesn't even care anymore. Yes. Right. Oh Correct. God. What am I, that person doesn't Correct. even care enough to slam the door right. anymore. You know, right. like, should I be mm-hmm. even taking Uber mm-hmm. this time? You know, mm-hmm. like you, you start exactly. to question yourself. Correct. And that's so a good thing. And it's yeah. a very empowering thing when, I, you know, I see this when my patients will come in and they'll say, instead of, you know, arguing back, mm-hmm. I just kind of said, okay, and walked away. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I hear this all the time and they'll say, and you wouldn't believe what happens. And I'm like, I actually can. And let me tell you yep. what happens. And I'll tell them exactly what I thought would happen. And they're like, how did you know that? That was the whole point. Um, mm. You know, it's kind of like, this is my favorite. So over the holidays, that's when like shit hits the fan with everything mm-hmm. and everyone. And that's my busy, I always say that's my busy season. So I always tell people during the holidays, don't change anything. If you're drinking, don't stop drinking. You're smoking, don't stop smoking. You want to go on a diet, wait until January 2nd. Like just don't change anything. Don't change your meds. Don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And except for this, the behavior changes. So I'll have someone that will say, you know, I am going to Thanksgiving dinner and every Thanksgiving dinner, um, my aunt says, blah, 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 blah. And it becomes a whole argument. And so Thanksgiving rolls around. They go to Thanksgiving, they come back in. You're not going to believe what my aunt said. Actually. Yes, I can. (laughs) (laughs) Do you believe she said this? Yes, I can. And why? Because she does it every year. So why would this be any different? So then let's say the following year before Thanksgiving, we work on changing the smallest, most subtle response to and give me someone. Oh, uh, uh, to, uh, I don't know, uh, George. George. Aunt George. Aunt George. Yeah, Aunt George. Aunt George. Yeah, why? It's the first so, thing that right. popped in my head. Right. Yeah. So Aunt George, right? Yeah. Okay. So Aunt George does her thing. And instead of fighting back, let's say they're arguing with you about, um, your weight, because that's always a nice conversation for a Thanksgiving dinner. So they're arguing with you about your weight. You know, oh, you look like you put on a couple pounds. Or, oh, you know, yeah. you're looking too gaunt these days. Something. <laughs> and instead of arguing back saying, no, I haven't. Yes, I haven't. You go back and forth. You simply say, okay. Aunt George has no idea what to do with this. Mm-hmm. So Aunt George is going to do one of two things. She's either going to go for the jugular and keep at it to try to get you to respond the way you normally do. Mm-hmm. She's uncomfortable because you threw her off balance. And listen, you could be dying inside. You could want to take Aunt George and like shake her. Yes. Don't worry about how you feel inside for right now. Or what Aunt George is going to do is she's going to like shut down, check out. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't know what to do and she's off balance. So in the beginning, you're going to get an extreme and as you continue to do this, you're going to kind of work towards the middle, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, so 
it's not so much about getting the response that you want. It's about just getting a different response. It may and not collecting be, information. Honestly. It, correct. Exactly. That's, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, if you can almost think of it as if, if you need to get a little creative, think you're a, like a spy or an undercover cop or, you know, something like that where it's, where it's like, all right, I'm just, I'm on a stakeout and I want to, I don't know the answer yep. to where this person even wants to go, but I know slamming that door isn't going to do anything or Correct. choking Aunt George isn't going to do anything. You know, right. it's just going to repeat over and over again and not, not move along. So keep collecting information and then use that information to get where, you know, to that next step, that next plateau of whatever your next goal should be too. I mean, right. is that something we should be asking ourselves constantly, right? Well, yeah. Why are we doing this, right? Yeah. So one of the things to keep in mind is none of this works in a vacuum, <laughs> right? So if you have Aunt George, you also have um, Uncle Georgina, mm-hmm. okay? So you have Uncle Georgina, Aunt George, and you have your mom, your dad, and your siblings, when you throw Aunt George off balance, you have to understand that then Aunt George is going to start to respond differently to Uncle Georgina. Yes. Because she's pissed. Mm-hmm. So she's going to take it out on Uncle Georgina, who is then going to shut down, let's say. Right. Now you have two people responding in two totally different ways than they're used to. Why? Just because you said okay. Mm-hmm. And that's the empowering part about it. So keep in mind that when you, when you set a boundary, you are throwing an entire system off balance, off kilter. And here's, here's the important thing that I like to talk about. So what'll happen is let's say that, um, you know, I say, okay to something, right. Mm -hmm. Or, or I get a text message that from somebody that's this happened, you know, we've all had these experiences where somebody you're fighting with someone and they send you this like novel, and you look at it and then you intently write back and you write and you write and you write and you write back another novel. Yeah. And, and that's your pattern, let's say, with this friend that you argue with. Mm-hmm. But what would happen if I just wrote back something like, um, I'm sorry that you feel this way. We're just going to have to agree to disagree. And yeah. I send that when this person's used to like fighting to the death with me for oh, wow. like a week. Right. Yeah. Right. So I throw them off balance. Now they may send more novels, but I have to keep, keep doing what I'm doing, which I'll get to consistency in a second, but I just threw them for a loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, yeah. Dad. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just kind of like the, uh, essentially like you're just saying, oh, I don't know. Like Kim actually kind of makes a, an interesting question here too. Like at what point does this just become full out manipulation? <laughs> You know, like, or, or is manipulation it? has has a malicious intent to it? Yeah. So this this is not manipulation because there isn't malicious intent. You're not trying to harm the other person. You actually really don't care about what the other person feels. This is for you, and that's why it's so important. Again, boundaries mm-hmm. are for you. They're not for the other person. They're not to like play with the other person and manip- manipulate them. You're just by you're just changing the the dynamics but it's not manipulative in the sense of yeah Linda Ray is saying, this, them this is them. this is straight up defense we're talking yes, about this correct. isn't like proactive exactly. you correct. know we're yep. going to harm this isn't you're in a situation where it's exactly. just like oh my god we can't even you know just like you said if you're because slamming about, if, if i'm that. if i'm purposely manipulating you 
Yeah. I'm in, that means I'm not neutral. Correct. Yeah, you're definitely not neutral. I'm not neutral. Yeah. So it, 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 it seems like it, but it's not, it's not manipulation in that respect. So um, I, so let me explain to you what happened. So here's, here's you, right? Mm -hmm. And you change your, you, you do something different. So you kind of move a little. And now this entire right. system is around you and every system, like they, they like their equilibrium. They don't want to rock the boat. Even if the dynamic is beyond unhealthy mm -hmm. and it's been like that for years. And if you ask anyone in the system, they're going to say, yeah, it's, it's toxic. It's unhealthy. But change is brutally uncomfortable for, uncomfortable for people, even if it's a healthy change, even if it's a good thing, like getting a promotion, it's great, mm. but it's a serious change and it comes with a lot of anxiety. So here you are making this change. Everyone around you feels off balance, but no one knows why, right? Aunt Georgina, Uncle Georgina doesn't know about it. They, he doesn't understand that it's because you said, okay, that wouldn't even. Right. So everybody's thrown off balance and systems like equilibrium. So they're going to do whatever it takes to bring the status quo back. And that's going to be trying to push you back to your original positioning, which will sound like, I don't like this new you in therapy. I want the mm. old you back. Or why are you being selfish? You mm. sound crazy. Um, you know, you're different. You know, all those kind of comments that are kind of character jabs. When really what they're saying is whatever you are doing is making me feel uncomfortable and throwing everybody off balance. And we would really appreciate it if you would stop and just do what you normally do so we can go back to our toxic dynamic. Right. The normal ecosystem that yeah, we use. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, um, it's a, and how I guess is what, what is, and it really, I guess it really depends on your individual goals and stuff like that, but what is your next step beyond just, you know, you, you keep getting information, yeah. you keep getting information. What, what should be the, the end goal, at least if it, you know, yeah. in a given time period, what, what's, what's a general good next step? So it's going to depend on the, the dynamic. It's going to depend on who it is. It's, if, it's, mm -hmm. if it's a toxic, narcissistic mother, then your goal is probably to continue, get 18 to, set, and get out of there. Yeah, right? continue right. to set very strict boundaries and that mm -hmm. would be your goal. If it's somebody that you care about a lot and you really want to work on the relationship with them, but they're not really doing it. But as you start to shift, you realize that when you throw them off balance, they're actually responding in a very effective way. And then at, after a certain point, you can say to them, you know, I really like how we've been communicating. When I do mm -hmm. this, you do this and you bring it to awareness and they've already been doing it without realizing. So they don't feel like there's much of a change. And then that's your goal is to kind of make mm -hmm. the relationship better, friendship, work, whatever. Um, you know, or you realize through therapy, let's say that you have a pattern, let's say you have a people pleasing pattern, right? Yeah. And you realize that everybody in your dynamic treats you a certain way because they're used to getting a certain response. Now you realize that you are exhausted from taking care of everyone else's needs. Mm -hmm. You're attracting, um, significant others that tend to be selfish and on the narcissistic spectrum because you're willing to put your needs second. So you're in therapy with me. We're working on this. You realize you have this pattern. We go through all your relationships and you realize like, Oh shit, everybody treats me exactly the same way. 
um, okay, I need to start to shift this. So as your pattern starts to shift, as you become more aware of it, your dynamic with all of these people is, is going to start to shift as well. So in that sense, the goal is for you to continue changing your pattern and mm. let the chips fall where they may. If people adjust with you, great. If they don't and they try to push you back, then you out, you've outgrown them and that's okay too. So it really just depends on who it is, what, what you want, what, what your goal may not be possible, right? You mm -hmm. may have a goal like I want to maintain a close relationship with my sister, but once you start to shift your patterns and shift gears, your sister is not having it, it may, you know, kind of ruin your relationship. So it really, I don't have a good answer for that, except it depends. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. One, one of the things I would like maybe is because, you know, I came into this if, uh, listening at the top of the show, maybe maybe not understanding what exactly a boundary is and how and what that might sound like. Can you tell me something that people often suggest? Oh, I set this boundary and here's what I did. That actually isn't a boundary. That's like, you know, I don't know if there's <laughs> if, that, okay, if that's yeah. a possibility, yeah. but yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. it, is, is that have you come across that? Yes, at all? All, all the time. Because yeah. people when they're when they're not. Um, I don't want to say good because it's not mm -hmm. that they're good or bad. When they're not familiar with setting boundaries, um, people tend to do a very kind of dichotomous approach. This is mm -hmm. like all or nothing approach. So they'll set a boundary that's like extreme, which mm -hmm. isn't a boundary because it's, it's an extreme response, right? Boundaries, we want neutrality. So they'll say, you know, well, he started screaming at me and I said, fuck you and walked away. And I'm like, well, that's not a boundary. But in their mind, it is because they're used to not speaking up at all. Mm -hmm. So they go this way totally, which is very normal. And then again, the goal is to work them back to the middle. I had, I'll give you a, a patient example. This was years ago and this is one of my favorite stories ever. And this is the story that I use when I am starting to work on boundaries with people because it's amazing. Yeah. So I had this woman... <clears throat> who came in for, for, it was like fear of flying. And, and, mm -hmm. and anyone who's a psychologist on here knows that when somebody comes in and just says, I just have fear of flying, <laughs> it's never yeah. fear of flying. <laughs> so, so, and I knew that. So, you know, we started working on things and she had a lot of um, difficulties with her husband and she didn't want to leave. She probably should have, but she didn't want to leave. So I worked mm -hmm. with her and kind of figuring out how to deal with the dynamic that was there. And I worked with her. She's very much a people pleaser. Um, and I, I worked with her on setting boundaries. And so one mm -hmm. day she comes in and she said, you are going to be so proud of me. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. What did you do? She goes, I was cooking and he told me that it looked disgusting and smelled disgusting. And normally I would cry and I would start the dinner over again and I would be upset. She oh goes, my gosh. But this time she's, <laughs> I took the pan and I threw it at his head. And I was, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, oh, this is not well, neutral. Yeah. yeah, right. So, but in her mind, you know, that was a boundary for her because she had never done that. And so it's, it's giving people this awareness of, you know, working their way towards the middle. Um, so I know you're doing something funny when you. I was it. trying to, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I don't think people would get a Hollywood Square reference, so I'll put so, that over there. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say circle gets the square. I was like, yes, oh, there you go. Sick. Uh, but uh, but that yeah so like working towards neutral is always yes. always just a kind of a great reminder because yes. like yeah 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 what? 
So that- here's, here's the other thing too, though, that I, I, I just, I want to make very clear to people. Mm-hmm. Under no circumstances, and again, there may, I don't think behavior therapists will disagree with me on this, mm-hmm. but, but I could see how other psychologists may not agree with this. So again, this is just from my training, what I think, but I know there are different views on this. So I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. Listen to me. Don't listen to me. Sure. Just, okay. When you set boundaries, mm-hmm. if you set inconsistent boundaries, we get into that intermittent Ooh, yeah. reinforcement thing, right? Where if sometimes you scream at me, I slam the door, and sometimes you scream at me and I sit on the couch, and then sometimes what you're going to end up doing is creating more of the behavior that you don't want. Mm-hmm. So I don't want the screaming, but yet I'm sometimes slamming the door, sometimes sitting on the couch, sometimes on the door that screaming behavior is going to get worse. It's like a kid. I think we gave this example where if I take my kid to the store and I don't buy her a toy, she has a complete and total meltdown. Right. Right. But I still don't get her the toy. And then the next time we go into Target, she's standing because it has to be Target. Next time I'm standing in line and she sees something she wants and she flips out. And this time, instead of crying for a minute, she cries for three and there's like people around and I'm mm-hmm. on the phone and I just can't handle it anymore. So I just say, all right, fine. Just here, take it. All I did was just teach her. She has to cry two extra minutes and she can get a toy. Mm-hmm. So now I go in a third time. Same thing happens. This time I set a boundary. I don't get it. She escalates because she's like, okay, well, I know that crying more worked last time. So all I need to do is cry more again. And then it's, and then it's my, I just so, need to wait um, a little longer. Yes. Yeah, so I'm right. creating this increase in the exact behavior that I'm trying to decrease. Mm-hmm. So I tell people, if you can't set a boundary consistently, do not set it at all. And this is why it's super, super important to start really small. Like you don't want to set a boundary with somebody who you have this insanely toxic relationship with, who is you know, um, somebody you see every day, like you just test it on people where you feel less vulnerable first, because mm-hmm. you want to give yourself that reinforcement that like you did it and look what happens. Um, just again, just don't set a boundary that you can't maintain consistently. Um, you know, there was, and, and also empty threats like this. There was one time years ago, I was in the car with my friends and her kid and her, she kept saying over and over again, if you do that again, I'm going to take the candy. If you do that, I'm going to mm-hmm. take the candy. Mm-hmm. She never took me. I turn around and grab the candy out of his hand. <laughs> and they both just looked at me. And I'm like, what? You said you'd take the candy and you never did. So, like, why do you expect him to stop screaming? He's never exactly. going to stop screaming. But exactly. I bet you now he does. You know? <laughs> and so, but then when she doesn't do it again, the screaming is going to get worse. So um, that's the downside of having a psychologist for a friend. Yeah. Um, so set small ones first, mm-hmm. get your feet wet, and then gradually increase. It's much easier to go this way than it is to go this way because you lose credibility. Yeah, and if you're just joining us on on session seven here, I mean, that's been kind of our mantra throughout these things is, you know, is that is the Bill Murray baby steps towards everything. And I think that's just a natural uh, – We people that that fit a lot of these behaviors that we are describing tend to overshoot the moon – every single time and i know that because i'm guilt i'm just as guilty of it mm-hmm. and things things that, and i'll give a, a, an example here a client of mine is just like you know you, you're trying to get them on 
the straight and narrow to just basically get them to where they want to go. It has, I mean, it sounds a lot like what you try to do anyway. Uh, but, you know, like time is always an issue for this one particular client in, in, in getting there, you know, at, at, a, at a certain day, at a certain time and keep this, keep this, you know, consistency going for them to only like make them more money and they can't do that. And every time that we bring this up or have a conversation, it's always, well, you know what? Instead of uh, showing up here at 1030, I'm going to show up at 915 and, and give yourself like a 45 minute goal, which you are never going to be able to hit ever, ever. But you repeat that every single week too, and just say, well, I'll be there at 915 or 910. I'll make up like, I don't understand. Well, I completely understand that behavior, but that's, that's, that's just a, 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 I think no matter in what, which example in trying to remain neutral, baby step or whatever it is, do not, do not, do not, do not just do your job. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to yeah. essentially say is like, just take that little, no one needs that extra step. You're, someone is just asking you to do a small thing, or you're trying to ask yourself to do a small thing, which, which I, I think also kind of leads into some of the stuff that we, uh, we were uh, kind of might get into, which is that whole perfectionism and, you know, procrastination kind of live in that, in that same realm as well, where you're just kind of like, Hey, you know, just, just getting back, back to neutral, back to neutral, back to neutral seems to be kind of the way to go for everything. Is that too much of a generalization? No, you're a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right. The goal is to sit with the discomfort don't keep trying to get rid of it in these maladaptive ways, you know, by arguing, by punching a wall, by, mm -hmm. you know, overpromising, overpromising, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, or people pleasing, you know, these are mm -hmm. all avoided behaviors. Worry, which is, oh, that would be a good one because I don't think people realize that worry is an avoidant strategy. Okay. I, that's, oh. that's a really good one, actually. So all right. Anyway. Just, yeah, go ahead. So, um, write it on your etch sketch. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> um, one of the things that, that I, I also want to warn people about, and I, and I actually warn patients about this before we do boundary work. Um, when you do boundary work and you're looking at not just like one person, but you have this kind of pattern that is, is pervasive throughout all your relationships. Yeah. And we talked about how when you start to shift, people around you either kind of go with you or they don't. Um, I always tell people that when we start this kind of pattern work and, and having them start to really engage in behaviors that they value, right, that are not pattern-driven but value-driven, that a couple things are going to happen. One, I always want to make sure that they have some sort of support network outside of the toxic dynamics that doesn't really fit the mold of their pattern because – I cannot tell you how many times people have come in to work with me and by the end of our work together, they broke up with whoever they were with when they came into first see me when they didn't even think they had problems. Mm -hmm. But as they started to shift and kind of become a stronger, more boundaried person, their relationship fell apart because that person, that's not what they signed up for. Doesn't make them an asshole. It just, that's not mm -hmm. what they signed up for. So a lot of times you see a lot of breakups, a lot of divorces. Um, it's very common. You see a lot of um, 
friend breakups. You see a lot of job transitions. So I let people know that it's not as simple as just setting boundaries. It's, it's more than that. There's going to be a lot of life changes and transitions that come with this. So just kind of, I prep them for that Mm -hmm. because I don't think people realize how pervasive boundaries and patterns and lack thereof are in their lives. Yeah. And that's because, you know, we don't have an answer why we feel so crappy. <laughs> right. Exactly. A lot of the time. Exa- you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, but then once they start setting these boundaries and they change these patterns, then they realize, oh, yes. that's why I feel bad. And they'll feel even worse when they're trying to maintain a relationship with someone as this kind of new boundary person. Mm-hmm. And the other person is still trying to push them back. Then the relationship becomes about this awkward dance. Now, if it is somebody who is a narcissist, again, it's not about changing them. It's about setting a boundary so you walk away feeling in control and feeling neutral. But that person is going to try to push you back, but not like the non-narcissist would. The non-narcissist is going to try to do it in ways that they don't realize that they're doing it. They're just going to kind of say like, I don't, you're being selfish. You know, you're not being selfish. You're just putting your needs first, but it looks selfish because you never put your needs first. Um, But a narcissist is going to do it because they're going to really try to manipulate you and make you doubt your changes and make you doubt your progress and make you doubt your, your sanity and your perception of reality. So setting a boundary with a narcissist is done very, very differently um, than just general boundary setting with toxic relationships. So I just kind of want to make that known that this, what I'm talking about is not, Part of it can be applicable, but, but the working with the other person to see if the relationship changes for the better after a boundary, that's not something you would do with a, a narcissist. Narcissist, you set boundaries, and if you're in a relationship, you set the boundaries so you can get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And one thing that just kind of occurred to me, too, is just do we – is this possible to do to ourselves, essentially? Like, or is that just kind of like a – the the the, neg- the negative self talk or like the you know whatever that is is it possible that our, we ourselves need to also set a boundary that that I don't know like it, for it, we, like for ourselves for ourselves absolutely yeah like, ab- yeah. yeah for sure Definitely. and what does what does that look like sound like feel like mm-hmm. so for example um, let me give something really benign let's say that. Um, Let's say that I, every Tuesday morning, I have um, a presentation that I have to give. Mm-hmm. And without fail, it's Monday night, 12 o'clock in, you know, in, the, in the morning, and I don't have it done, and I'm cramming to get it done for Tuesday morning. And that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But it's not working for me because my performance is suffering, my work's sloppy, I have spelling mistakes, I'm exhausted, and then I'm, you know, agitated at everybody and I'm just not, not in a good place. Mm-hmm. So I set a boundary with myself. Let's say, let's say that, you know, on, and it, it kind of looks more like goal setting for yourself than boundaries, but I will, you know, set on Wednesday night I'm doing, let's say, I think I can do 10 pages. I cut that in half to five. You Got always want to cut it lower than you think you can because we view ourselves as way more, um, I don't want to say capable, but, but more, no, it's, like, it's, like, it's like, it's like, it's like when you go to the market and like you're hungry 
You yeah. never go to the market hungry, your eyes. right? It's the same kind of concept. Like you're all yeah. motivated to do this and you're like, I'm going to do 10. And no, it's like when people want to yeah. go to the gym, I'm going to go five days a week. I'm like, nope, you're going to go one day a week. And they look mm -hmm. at me like I have 10 heads. This yeah. is why, because you don't want to set yourself up for failure. So Wednesday, I do this. Thursday, I do this. Friday, I do this. So then by Tuesday, I'm not this like angry, sleepless, you know, monster in the morning. Um, that those are boundaries because there may be a show on TV that I want to watch. Right. But this is my time to do my work. And I'm like, well, I still have five days. It's really easy to say like, all right, screw it. I'll just do it later. Yeah. So it is about setting a boundary with yourself for sure. And one of those things desperately, desperately, desperately that I have ignored my entire life. Sleep. Yes. Sleep oh, is the, worst. the, the number worst. one boundary setter that you must start doing immediately if you want to start seeing those Sorry. slow changes. Add a half minutes, whatever it is per night to build it up. Like, just like Dr. Z is saying, if there's a television show, yeah. if there's a voice, there's that, if it's your own brain that you're going like, oh, I can't turn it off or what. And trust me, I'm sure that's, that's a, a session 25, 28, 29, 30. 31 and, and determining on how to, how to turn your brain off too in, in those moments. But, you know, um, Carrie sees this all the time, all the time. And she knows when my behaviors change, when I'm lacking sleep and I ignore it, yeah. everyone goes through that. Yeah. yeah you got to push through those certain things for, for life or whatever. But man, if you are not sleeping, you're going to go crazy. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's just the truth. Like there is, I, I can't control my anxiety at all when I don't have sleep. Mm -hmm. Or I have a very hard time controlling the anxiety when I, when I don't sleep. And I that's, mean, that's a big one for me. Listen, yeah. I, you know, and people that are on here that if you're, if, if I've seen them, uh, whoever works with me, they know that one of the first things, and I am, <laughs> I am the worst follower of my own sleep hygiene rules. <laughs> like, yeah, don't listen to me either. Like, yeah, like yeah. I can tell you the, the most perfect sleep hygiene strategies Ask me if I do any of them. I do none of them. Okay. This is the one area where I just can't get it together. So I actually have a reel on this on my Instagram. I go oh, through nice. all the, all the steps of sleep hygiene and then there's a good ending to it. But, um, <laughs> sleep is the biggest trigger to mental health, mm -hmm. the biggest and then social support, the biggest trigger. So if you are not sleeping, and I tell this when my patients come in, the, one of the first things I ask them is their sleep. Mm -hmm. And if their sleep is not good to the point where I know it's, it's not good to the point where it's affecting them, not just like I, you know, I can't fall asleep here and there, I have this intermittent waking, but really dysfunctional, I tell them flat out, I absolutely cannot help you mm -hmm. until we get your sleep situated. That's it. You know, and they'll say like, well, it's a sleep app. Mm -mm. We need to get you sleeping. Tell me all the things you do before you go to sleep. And, you know, they'll tell me all these things. And then I start asking questions and they're like, oh, wait, no, I do do that. They don't even realize what they're not doing or what they are doing that's not helpful. So sleep hygiene is, is huge. I agree with you completely. It's mm -hmm. probably one of the hardest things that and eating one of the hardest things to set your boundaries with. Oh God. Um, yeah. Like if I, when I don't sleep and if it's two in the morning, I, I'm not even hungry, but I'm eating, I don't know what I'm eating or why, <laughs> but I'm yeah. eating because why yeah. not? I'm bored. So, uh -huh. you know, it, it's, they go kind of go hand in hand. And if you don't sleep, I mean, if I don't sleep, I, I feel like crap in the morning and I, mm -hmm. it, it happens a lot. Um, and the question coming in here, you know, 
What if it's the opposite and you're sleeping for days? Same thing. That's also a bad, ba- you know, set, um, set that. It's a, it's a little bit different though. If you're, okay. so if you're not sleeping, it could be due to poor sleep hygiene or it could be due to anxiety or it could just be due to stress it, or it could be due to depression and just you're ruminating about things. Um, but a lot of that can be fixed with sleep hygiene techniques. When you're sleeping too much, so mm-hmm. hy- hyposomnia, where you're, you, you know, then that's a little different because then you're, you're more in the realm of, of a major depression, assuming you don't have like a thyroid issue or you don't have yeah. a medical issue going on and you're not sick. But when you're sleeping that much, my, my, my red flag, my, my antenna go up and I, I, I kind of, you know, look more for that major depression aspect. Um, that's not, I mean, I'm sure sleep hygiene, yes, plays a role, obviously, because when you're depressed, you're doing depressed behaviors, which don't align with sleep hygiene. But, mm-hmm. um, I tend to do it more with people that are not sleeping than people who are not able to get out of bed for days at a time. Yeah, that's a, and man, uh, I, 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 I've never had that issue. Uh, and I just, I can't imagine it's gotta be the same as the other side. Like, you know, sleeping, not sleeping through three or four days yeah. at a time has gotta be, yeah. uh, have some of the hor- same. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's the worst. I, I actually think I'd rather sleep for two to four days than not sleep. So for two would I. I mean, you, I, you, you it's a whole yeah. So let me, I'll just do a couple, just since we're on the topic, I'll just give like my quick overview of sleep hygiene techniques. Yeah. Um, so the, the first one is you want to, as best as you can, get into bed the same time every night um, and try to wake up at the same time every morning. You want to make sure that you do not eat two hours before bed and you make sure that whatever you eat two hours before bed is not any type of like complex carbohydrates. So no sugars, no breads, no pastas, things like that. No caffeine. Oh, you totally break these. <laughs> I'm like, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Monitor your caffeine intake during the day as I drink like a Celsius and my coffee. And my <laughs> um, yep. Um, if you're going to watch TV or you want to relax and just chill out, do not do it in your bed. Oh, boy. You, you should never lay in bed just to watch TV. <laughs> the only thing you should be in your bed for is for sleep and sex. And it's nighttime sleep. If you want to take a nap during the day, <laughs> you cannot ever nap in your bed. Oh, you nap in right. a chair, nap in, you know, on a couch, but you never nap in your bed. You are literally conditioning your brain to mm. reset to only associate nighttime sleep with your bed. Period. Okay. That's it. Okay. Um, you never want to work out right before bed because it... Now, I'm going to say two that have a lot of, like, I, whenever I post this, I always get people telling me I'm wrong on Instagram. Um, <laughs> and, and there's a lot of different there, – there's research on this both ways. So I'm just okay. letting people know that, yes, I'm going to say this, and yes, if you Google it, you will find opposing views on this. Working out before bed because it releases endorphins, right? And mm. you that's going to kind of increase your energy, dopamine levels, things like that. That's the stuff you want to kind of shut down as you go to bed. Um, the other thing is anything that's going to have a significant shift in body temperature. Okay. Mm. So for example, and this is where I always get yelled at by people try. And if it, if it doesn't make a difference, add it back in, who cares, but why not try 
try not showering immediately before bed. Uh. Because and some people say, well, I have to shower before it relaxes me. I'm not talking about like the hour before bed and you have your bedtime routine. I mean, like, don't shower and jump into bed. And here's yeah. why. And even if, if that works for you, great. But for a lot of people, it doesn't because it it changes the the temperature. It like it in order for your body to switch like that very quickly, it, it has to do the opposite of what you want it to do. It has to kind of work harder than not, if that makes sense. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but basically <laughs> it, your body has to do more work. And so there's a lot of research on this. Some people say it soothes them. Great. If it does, excellent, do it. Um, but just be mindful of that temperature change. It, maybe just try it out, you know, like a diet, like allergies, like you take out certain foods here and there, see what works. Same kind of thing with sleep hygiene. Um, okay. If, so just, to, oh, if yeah, you go can't, ahead. one more, there's a big one. If you can't Ooh. sleep, yeah. if you cannot sleep and you've been laying in bed, after 20 minutes of staring at the ceiling because your TV must be off, which I, I never do. I don't think I've ever fallen asleep with the TV off in my life. Yeah. Um, phone should be across the room so that if you want to use uh -huh. it, you have to actually get up out of bed and go, I definitely don't do that. I fall asleep. My phone's on my face. Um, but if you can't fall asleep for 20 minutes, get up. Get out of bed. Go into a different room. Don't turn on the TV. You can listen to music. You can read a book. Have some water. Have tea. No, not caffeinated. And then after like 10 minutes, get back in bed. And again, the reason for that, even though it sounds annoying, is because you only want to associate your bed with sleepiness, not that, wakefulness. So that's that, the other one. That is, uh, that is a very good list. So to lessen, lessen your anxiety, it is a good, good thing to go to bed at the same time. No food two hours before bed. No caffeine. No TV. Phone across the room. Uh, do not nap in your bed. Nap in a place that is not your bedroom because your bedroom is only for sleeping and sex. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm missing. Oh, and if you are restless, please get up and try again. Essentially, yes. you know, like Correct. don't don't turn on the TV. Don't go into a, another sleeping arrangement. Yep. Just just that's. A, I think that's a that's a great list. That's the uh, doctor's Z's approval of. Uh, well, that's the JB's approval. Of, uh, of, of a list to kind of keep you in the, uh, in the right column here. Um, I just have to say this, too, because we're wrapping up. We've got the, the magic uh, board here, and uh, congrats to Dr. Z, because we are back in the win column. A perfect game. A perfect <laughs> yes. game. No bloopers tonight. No bloopers okay. for anybody. Uh, the, the headphones stayed on. The phone stayed charged. And, uh, and there it's, was like, can't, and a bunch of others tried to jinx you and be like, oh, no bloopers today. They tried to get you in the last five minutes. I didn't want to say anything, but uh, no technical difficulties tonight. We did it. We did it. Did it. Yay. Go on. <laughs> now that means uh, you have to go make s'mores and listen to Prince. I think that's what we do, right? Yes. For your perfect game? Yes. So uh, happy fourth to everyone. I know that. Um, just uh, stepping away for an hour from uh, well, we probably maybe we needed it. Who knows? Stepping away from the fireworks, the overeating, the alcohol. It was. It's been a great weekend. I hope everyone enjoys the time off tomorrow too. Because if you're yep. and those that have to work, I'm so sorry. Uh, send me a DM and we'll try and send you beers for afterwards or something like that. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm gonna go kiss my amazing daughter goodnight. I hope Aww. you guys have a good night, Doctor Z. Thank you thank so much you. as always. Appreciate I'll talk it. We'll see you next week. Session seven in the books. Yes. No bloopers. Right. No bloopers. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>